Welcome to the Home Assistant Podcast, episode number nine. And joining me today is Ryan and Dale. Hey guys. Hey. Hey, how's it going? Yeah, pretty good. Dale, nice to have you on. We've been kind of trying to get you on for a while and finally the stars have aligned and you're actually here. <laughs> yeah, I, uh, I'm very happy to be here. I've been looking forward to doing this for a while now. So we're going to start by talking to you and um, kind of give the community a bit of an intro to you and your involvement and things like that. Okay. Um, How about you? you know, kind of tell us about your both your you know your home assistant kind of or home automation story and you know what you do with the community. Well, uh, my home automation story goes back all the way to my childhood. Uh, I grew up. My dad was you know automating his our house forever since I can remember using X10. Uh, old protocols. I, I still think he uses X10 a little bit in, in his system. Uh, when I was 13, I started writing plugins for Homeseer. Got hired by Homeseer to do a couple of things. My dad needed a few things, so I you know, took the challenge and made it happen. And then got out of home, uh, home automation for a while. And then picked up a SmartThings hub, and I was like, hey, this is going to be fun. I want to get into this now that I have a house, and I don't, you know, I don't have to worry about anything else. And smart things wasn't very good. I started researching to see how I could integrate more things into it. Came across Home Assistant, and I was going to use Home Assistant as a bridge to fill the gap between things I wanted and things that smart things didn't have. Then I quickly learned that Home Assistant was way more powerful than smart things in every manner. So I switched roles and I used smart things as a, as a bridge, and Home Assistant as my primary. Uh, I I tend to obsess over things whenever I get involved with them. <laughs> so I took a huge leap into the community and I now found myself as the community leader, which is amazing. I am very happy to to be here to enjoy everything that we have. Amazing. That's uh that's very cool. And it's it's cool how you kinda got involved and and you know, just I guess eventually became one of the community uh heads, right? So well, like I said, you know, I love to obsess over things when I when I love them. Uh, one of those things <laughs> yeah. was flying, you know, RC quadcopters, airplanes, helicopters. You know, I was doing that for 10 years and I obsessed over it and got everything. I still have a garage full of stuff that oh, wow. I haven't flown in two years. So very cool. Yeah. Home automation is definitely one of those things that's very easy to get addicted to. Yeah. I've been using yeah. the desk uh, in my studio as kind of a workspace as well. And I'm just surrounded by... Node MCUs and cables and RFID readers and yeah, all sorts of interesting soldering things. irons. <laughs> that this, yeah, yeah, <laughs> yep. There's a, there is definitely a soldering iron here. Uh, my dining room table is covered with like Digistump oaks, soldering <laughs> irons. Uh, I've got like Wi-Fi plugs that I've modified. I've got uh, everything on my dining room table. It's a mess, but it's it's my workspace, and you know, there's always a method to my madness, as they would say. Hey, you know what? That's that's the only way to get creative, right? I, I don't disagree with that. That's for sure. <laughs> that's funny. So, uh, how how long have you been kind of directly involved with uh, with Home Assistant in this capacity? In, in as a community leader, it's only been a couple of months. Uh, it was it was right around the time that we made the switch to yeah. Discord. You know, we, we were talking about it and and I just I took the the initiative of pushing forward and Paulus granted me 
the, the access to do what I wanted with the community. And that the first move was to switch to Discord because Gitter didn't have what we needed. Everything was so convoluted that it just it wasn't a good solution for what we needed. And while Discord is not perfect either, I felt that it was the best after after Paulus and I and the uh, you know the other the other members of the team went through and evaluated different mm-hmm. chat platforms. I feel like Discord has everything we need. Yeah. Yeah, it's a bit of a problem at the moment with there being so many different chat platforms as Slack and Discord and yeah, Gitter and all sorts. Um I pretty much use Discord and Slack, so I was quite pleased to see that we moved away from Gitter. I have one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten servers down the side of my Discord. Wow. <laughs> I've only got two Home Lab and Home Assistant. <laughs> Oh, yeah, I've got home lab as well. <laughs> Seems to be a pretty common trend at the moment, isn't it? Is that there's just too many of everything, whether that's home automation or chats or, you know, social networks. There's just too many of everything. <laughs> uh, I mean, you know, it, it does apply to everything. I started my own business back in 2011, selling electronic cigarettes. My My greatest passion in life is to help people. So... You know, I, a friend of mine gave me an electronic cigarette and, you know, I, I tried it and then I accidentally quit smoking within 10 days. <laughs> and I was like, if, you know, this can help me because I, I wanted to smoke. I loved smoking. There was I never wanted to quit. And if I can accidentally quit, then I can help other people quit, too. So I started a company based on it, and it's hmm. still running to this day and I'm still helping people. And I always try to find new ways to help people. And Home Assistant community provides that for me. I, I love being in chat. I love giving answers to people people's questions. I I want to be there to help them out when they're having trouble. It's it's what fulfills me. Love it. That's awesome. Nice. And I mean that's that's uh, that's a great quality to have for a community leader. So yeah, <laughs> especially in an open source uh, platform as well. So that's uh, very cool. And and kind of glad that somebody like yourself is leading it. So. Well, I'm, I'm happy to be here. This is actually the first open source project I've involved myself with. It's it's a lot of fun. I've always been for open source. I don't like closed source because it restricts potential that a project may have. And I feel that that's why Home Assistant is the most powerful, you know, Home Assistant platform or home, mm-hmm. home automation platform because it's open source. And we have new versions every two weeks. And often those versions have 10, 20, 30 more features than the previous version. And I've never seen a project that grows as fast as Home Assistant has. You know, in the past uh, two and a half years that I've been using it, it's just, it's gone from zero to infinity. It's incredible. Yeah. It's almost to the point where you don't have enough time to implement all the components that apply (laughs) to you. Uh, (laughs) Yeah, uh, I have that problem too. I, I often test out components for other people and it allows me to expand my knowledge and allows me to get a better understanding of of the underlying platform and how it works and so i I don't have a lot of time to do things for my setup but i'm always willing to do something for someone else's that's awesome (laughs) perfect so i can uh what you're saying is i can stage my uh entire house in your place (laughs) yeah sure sounds sounds good (laughs) that's funny so in in terms of like one of the things we wanted to talk about as well is kind of just like how you use it on on a kind of on a related basis is how you use it with uh, like kind of hacky workarounds and things like that. Um, what what are some of the cool things that you're doing? It's funny that you mentioned you know the whole hacky workaround thing because that's what I do. Like I, I find ways to make things work with what we have. So you know I've I've created 
different drop-in packages like persistence that's based on MQTT. You, you just take this package file, make sure you have packages enabled, and then you just drop it into your package directory. And then and then you use your customized section to, to tell it to be persistent. And that's all you have to do. And then, you know, all of this was before we had persistence inside of uh, inside of Home Assistant. And if you're using an ex- external database for your, your uh, recorder, we still have some issues there too. So I, I still rely on the persistence package, even though we have uh, persistent states uh, in Home Assistant. Some other things I've done uh, for workarounds is like my light control package. I wasn't happy with using two or more automations uh, for turning a light on and off based on a motion sensor. So I created you know, a script called light control that would basically call other scripts based on the parameters you pass to it. So if you, you know, because you can't send a brightness to light.turnoff, but you can send it to light.turnon. And you, you can't conditionally send different configuration variables to different services in the same right. automation. So the workaround was to create the script, check to see if, let's say, the brightness was there. If brightness is there, then pass that along to the script. If transition's there, then you have to call a completely different script that passes the transition. It's so complex, and I barely even understand it myself, <laughs> but I always start with my goal, and then I work around that to get there. Most of what I do is extremely complicated, and most people don't understand it. I, I, that's because I looked at the underlying features of things, and I try to, for lack of better terms, exploit uh, those features. So, so let me ask you this, Dale. So how can somebody that's, uh, that's doing this kind of stuff similar to you, how can they kind of give back to the community? Uh, right now, our weakest link is our documentation. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's something that has been hurting us since the beginning. And oh, now that we have so many users coming in and trying Home Assistant for the first time, you know, your, your software is only as strong as your documentation right. is. And if we don't have a good documentation, people are going to get you know, flustered. And somebody's not always, we try, we try to have somebody in chat at all times, but somebody's not always there to answer questions. And those that are there may not know the answer to the questions. So documentation is so important. And if, if there was one thing that anybody could do right now, it would be help with our documentation. If you understand the platform and how it works and you feel comfortable ex, you know, explaining how it works to other people, that's, that's how we could we could help. And there's the, the hackathon that's going on right now. Or no, uh, Hacktoberfest. Yes. So Hacktoberfest starts mm. two days. And yeah, Home Assistant is going to be involved again this year. And we're really excited yeah, about Yeah, super that. cool. I just saw the announcement on, uh, on Discord. So yeah, I mean, you can, you can help with our documentation and get a free t-shirt. There you go. <laughs> for, for more details on the Hacktoberfest, we, we do have a blog post. I'm not sure if it's already up not, it's or, up. or not, but uh, we do have a blog post that'll... Okay, awesome. So go check out that blog post to learn more about the Hacktoberfest and uh, see how you can help out and earn free stuff. That's fantastic. And, and I guess we'll try and put that in the show notes as well. Free stuff's always good, if I remember. Sure. <laughs> 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 I'm actually going to edit right now. Dale, I just have to thank you for your persistence module. It saved my bacon. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Specifically with limitless led oh yes oh my gosh that's one of the reasons that i created it actually <laughs> i i didn't like home assistant restarting and not knowing you know whether my limitless led was on or not i started with limitless led as my first you know smart lighting platform it it's good it's cheap get you started it was back then but now there's so many smart lighting platforms that there's no reason to spend a few dollars less on limitless led when you can you know get Philips hue for just a couple dollars more and it's so mm. reliable and i don't know it's 
I still use Limitless though. Yeah, I've I've gone pretty much here. Yeah, well, I've I bought like thirty Limitless bulbs, so I kind of couldn't bring myself to get rid of all of them. But they're wow. all in my a whole bunch of them are in my studio now, and the GU10 bulbs for Hue are very expensive, so those are still yeah. Limitless. Uh the GU10, which which one is that? They're the the little ones with the the, the contacts kind of stick out in the round here. Yeah, okay. they're kind of the two pins. Yeah. Have you tried the uh, IKEA Tradfree? I think they have the GU10. Yeah, okay. They they do. Yeah, I, I've been wanting to try it actually for my uh, <laughs> of all things above my stove for my uh, for my exhaust hood. So, but uh-huh. yeah, so they do have those. Yeah. Yeah, it looks like they're uh, they're twenty dollars US. There you go. I don't know how expensive the the Hue is, but yeah, it's about that. Uh, well, the the GU10s are like ninety New Zealand, okay. which is like sixty five US or something like that. Wow, yeah, I'm I'm so disappointed I didn't get to go to New Zealand when I was visiting Australia. I uh, <laughs> I I get homesick pretty quickly, <laughs> so they cut the vacation from three weeks to two weeks and took out New Zealand. And I got there, and I didn't want to leave. <laughs> <laughs> Australia is amazing. I just I wish I was able to go to New Zealand too. Yeah, it's a, it's a good place to be, but we don't have Amazon overnight shipping. <laughs> uh, I don't know if I could survive. <laughs> Ma- makes, ho- makes home automation harder. Yeah, th- th- these are decisions that uh, factor into every day. Uh, would I live here or would I not, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, can I order anything under the sun yeah. overnight from Amazon? <laughs> well, I mean, I can, I can get a lot of things within two hours where I live. That's it's, very cool. Wow. It's, it's crazy. I don't know how they do it. But they've managed to do it, and they've taken place as the they've taken the number one spot for the largest retailer. Yeah, good job, Amazon. I know it's crazy. So let's uh, just to kind of change gears a little bit, kind of, but not really. What are some of your favorite home automation technologies? Just this is me being curious more than anything else. Some stuff that you probably like not couldn't live without, but couldn't live without. <laughs> well, if you ask me, you know, seventeen years ago, I'd say X10. Yeah, <laughs> X10 and you know RS232 serial. But uh, nowadays, it's got to be, I, I would probably have to say I prefer Wi-Fi because I can, I like to reverse engineer things. Mm-hmm. So if, if I have something that's Wi-Fi, I can reverse engineer it. I can, you know, use Charles Proxy to, to sniff the, the, the payloads and whatnot. And that's, and that's what I did for my Aladdin Connect garage door controller. It runs on Wi-Fi and I was able to write a Node.js script that controls it and then uh, be a mqtt and now i can control it with with home home assistant but uh wi-fi probably first or z-wave after that bluetooth and then zigbee i'm not a huge fan of zigbee because it's difficult and we don't have like a, a true a tried and true solution mm-hmm. for home assistant yet so that's really the setback and i have so many zigbee hubs in my house like i've got the xiaomi I've uh, I've got the IKEA Tradfree Philips Hue. I've got the uh, HZ USB one or HUSB ZB one. <laughs> yeah, there's just so many things. Yeah, it's uh, I'm I'm finding I have the same problem too, where it's I've just got collections of hubs and everything is kind of plugging into my Switch and Zigbee's two point four as well, isn't it? Speaking of Zigbee, I, yeah. I I hate to drastically change gears here, but the new Amazon Echo Plus. I was disappointed that it didn't have Z-Wave, but I still have suspicion that there might be a Z-Wave radio buried in there somewhere for, for future use. But it has Zigbee. So 
you know, I've, I've pre-ordered huh. my, my Echo Plus. I'm really looking forward to seeing how many devices it works with without, you know, needing, needing the extra hubs. Is it going to work with my Tradfree? Is it going to work with my Xiaomi? Is it going to, is it going to work with, you know, Philips Hue? It, is it going to allow me to talk to it just like I would a Philips Hue bridge? Like, mm-hmm. I, I can't wait until October 31st when I get this product so that I can sit down and just spend 15 hours playing with it. <laughs> I get so excited about new stuff and I just that that wait for new toys though especially a whole month yeah it's it's uh, <laughs> it's painful it's yeah <laughs> the anticipation I, I remember back when I was like you know funding a lot of things on Kickstarter and the wait was just uh it's killer yeah and then also finding out whether it got <laughs> whether it got funded or not too mm-hmm. just that itself yeah and then if they're you know just gonna take the money and run, which has happened a few times, or if they're going to come through with a a solid product. Yeah. Dale, anything else you want to, you know, say to the community or anything like that before we move on and talk about the latest release? All all I can say is that I appreciate everyone comes in, asks questions and wants to learn because we've all, we've all started somewhere. Like I, you know, I, I, two and a half years ago, I started from exactly where people are starting today, except that it's so much more complex today. So I, I appreciate that people take the time, learn things, and then start helping other people. Like that makes me so happy that I can see, you know, people that I've helped start helping other people. Like it's just, there's such a sense of accomplishment in that. And, and I just want to say thank you to all those guys. Like it's, it's amazing. And I appreciate what everyone does for this. Yeah, it's, it's huge. Dan and I kind of talk about it every week just in terms of how how big the community is and how crazy like just everybody helping everybody is too. Right. And that's, that's, uh, that's what this is all about at the end of the day, at least for, for us. Right. That's, that's what it is for me. So Dan's having technical difficulties. So, uh, Dale and myself are going to kind of finish off the show with just talking about what's, uh, what's coming up in, uh, 0.4, I guess what's already come out in 0.54. Yeah. We, uh, we released 0.54, uh, almost a week ago now, I believe. And there's, Plenty of new features. Yeah, so abode lights and cameras uh, looks like one of them, which is pretty cool. I don't have any, but uh, I do know that that's pretty popular in the community as well. I, I, I saw that, and then you know someone had asked me the other day for my advice on on alarm, which alarm yeah. should they go with? And I started looking over different things, and I was like, wow, abode is heavily integrated into Home Assistant now. Like that sounds like a perfect solution. But he wanted to go with wired stuff, so I was like, all right, so Invisalink it is. It's uh, it's interesting. I'm actually looking at a couple as well, so it's uh, I'll, I'll probably ping you offline and we can uh, we can chat after. But there's a couple of other ones too that uh, I actually hadn't heard of. Uh, Doorbird as one of them. I I'm never heard of it. I have no idea what it is. <laughs> it's there. It's there. Right. Just quickly googling this. It's uh, it, oh, it looks like it's like a it's like a ring. It's uh, a doorbell, kind of like a ring. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. That's so. what I would get looking at it. That's what I would presume that it is yeah and one thing that a lot of people are excited about is the mqtt state stream yes um that's you know that's something that my persistence package kind of helped out with but now it's you know it's built in and all the states can be published as one you know just or you know to each different topic that's super exciting for that matter uh leverage uh the state stream how can a normal like a new user for that uh uh, I mean, it really depends on what you're looking at. So the state stream would be useful for things like if you wanted to, let's say you have a magic mirror 
and you wanted to show different things on that magic mirror, but you didn't want to directly integrate with the API. So you could just set up an MQTT uh, subscription and anytime it changes, it'll say motion, you know, motion in the kitchen on your magic mirror or something. Yeah. I mean, there's, there's so many things it could be used for. It could be used to talk to other home, home automation platforms. It could be used to push information to another. I, I wouldn't recommend it for pushing to another home assistant instance, uh, but it could be Yeah. Uh, for, some, for some reason. The persistence, I can rewrite to use the state stream. Uh, as far as a new user, I don't know what would be the, an ideal use case. Mm-hmm. Uh, MQTT itself is, is, is scary to newcomers. Like I was so scared of MQTT at first. <laughs> yeah, same. But once you understand it, and once you just read like one paragraph about it, you're like, all right, so it's pretty much just key value pairs. That's it. Yeah, it, it's, you know what? I, I always used uh, the analogy of it's a chat client for, uh, for devices. I can see that. Yeah, that's that's a really good analogy. Right? Yeah, and and it was interesting. So somebody somebody asked me. It's like, hey, can you can you, you know, give me a deep dive into MQTT? And I was like, okay, I I don't really know it at like a protocol level or anything. And so I'm I'm, I'm reading up on it, and I'm like, this is this is a lot simpler than I thought it was. <laughs> which, which which is actually why I love MQTT. Right? It's uh, exactly. It's very simple. It's very it's very efficient. So that uh, that makes a difference as well. So I, I have a blog post on exactly how MQTT kind of like what the different pieces are in there. So one thing I would like to say about MQTT, um, how lightweight it is. Mm-hmm. Most transactions are less than 100 bytes. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, like I'll often see 84, 86 bytes per, I don't think transaction is the right word, but uh, per request or. Yeah, per per changer. But yeah, so it's so lightweight and it's incredible. Yeah. MQTT would run solid on 56k dialogue. Yes. That's how that's how small yeah. it is. That's how lightweight yeah. it is. And 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 for those that aren't using it, I mean, get, give it a shot. And and like you said Dale and I had the same problem is initially it's a little scary to use, I guess, or overwhelming. I don't know what it is, but it's really not that bad, I promise you. And the tools we have today, it makes it make it so easy to set up, you know. If you're still running Raspy and Jesse, I've got a Mosquito install script that does it all for you and it'll prompt you to ask for your mm-hmm. username and your password then at the end it'll tell you oh here's the uh here's the stuff you need to put into the home assistant configuration to connect and you're good to go yeah i mean and and that's a neat thing too right and if, if i can tell anybody uh that's that's new to mqtt one thing secure your installation there uh, there are so many yeah i think you guys talked about it on the last episode shodan there's yeah so many brokers out there that are exposed with out authentication even a simple you know username and password just disable anonymous connections like yeah. secure your broker please that is one of the most important things yeah it's it's interesting because i mean and this has kind of been one of our this can actually be a possible podcast topic of security and in, in home automation right where you got to realize a lot of these things are connected to somehow connected back into the internet right it's not a it's not like an exclusively closed loop that's uh that, that's 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 a whole other podcast. I would love to be a part of that one. Definitely, we'll uh, let you know. On the on the topic of MQTT, we also got the uh, MQTT vacuum. Yes, uh, that's new in fifty four. That's really cool. So let me ask you this: Are there what platforms actually leverage that? Are there any built in platforms, or are these kind of like DIY? Uh, most most stuff that's MQTT, to my knowledge, is DIY, and it it honestly makes for the best DIY platform. Agreed. 
just I wish I would have known about MQTT sooner. Like I, I hate that I was so scared of it at first, and <laughs> I don't know. But yeah, I don't I don't know of any consumer products that leverage MQTT right now, especially as far as the vacuum goes. Yeah, uh, it looks like you can retrofit uh, a non Wi-Fi Roomba with an ESP eighty two sixty six and turn it into an MQTT vacuum. So there you go. I need to look this up. Yeah, if you if you go to uh, if you go to the component page on the docs. Um, it shows the ESP Roomba MQTT. Uh, it has a link to it right there at the very bottom of the page. Amazing. I will be uh, doing that. That's exciting. <laughs> you know, it's funny. It's it's this morning when I turned on my Roomba, I was like, man, I really wish I kind of got the 900 series. <laughs> and I was like, uh, I, I'm also glad I didn't just to save the money. And then I'm like, because I know there was a couple of projects that uh, that brought Wi-Fi to, to the Roomba. But now it's... Uh, a lot of those have either gone away or no longer developed or they're just not available on the 800 platform, which is what I have. So that's uh, very cool. So whoever whoever built that in advance, thank you. <laughs> it looks like this is fresh, fresh off the press. It was uh, 23 days ago. It looks like it was initially committed to GitHub. So this, if you have a Roomba that doesn't have Wi-Fi, check this out. Yeah. And then use the, there we go. the new MQTT vacuum uh, platform. It's funny because I just happen to have an 8266 sitting, kicking around, doing nothing. So, (laughs) Well, there you go. There we go. Sounds like I know what you're doing. (laughs) (laughs) I can pretend. Uh, (laughs) Now, on on, on that kind of similar note, uh, works Landroid also. So it's a robot lawnmower that we now support on uh, on Home Assistant as well. I wasn't sure what that was. um, So I just pulled up the page, but that's awesome. Yeah. There was talk about, you know, putting the... Somebody wanted to integrate a lawnmower into Home Assistant and write a component for it, or I guess a platform, and they were trying to figure out, you know, where they should put it. Mm-hmm. And they were going to put it in the vacuum for now, because it had all the same stuff as a vacuum. You know, it deploys itself, it goes and does its job, yep. and it comes back. So it's it's great to actually see uh, a mower platform here now. It looks like it's only a sensor, but uh, I can guarantee that soon we're going to be getting some good lawnmower stuff going. Yeah, I hope so. That'd be kind of cool. Another big one is as a user of it as well is Todoist. Um, so that's pretty cool. I've I've never used it, but I see it everywhere. Yeah, and I'm I'm really glad that it's part of Home Assistant now. Yeah. So big shout out to everybody that helped develop uh, all of those. And there's also the Saytel alarms as well. Uh, and then the Telnet switch. There's there's been some uh, controversy around the Telnet switch because it doesn't support authentication. But you know, looking over it, I I couldn't figure out how it would because there's so many different ways to authenticate when you connect to you know, a telnet server. Yeah. There's already a lot of people leveraging the telnet switch. I was, I was really surprised. Like the moment it dropped, people were like, Oh, telnet switch. I'm going to use that. Cause we, you know, we have things that we've been using shell commands for mm-hmm. to do that stuff. And now it's built in. Boom. There you go. So what is this, uh, kinetic NBMS2 router? Looks like it's uh, another device track. Yeah. I guess it's using that, uh, to use it, uh, use presence to check whether it's, you know, persons on the network or off the network, right? Yeah. Hmm. I've never heard, heard of Kinetic, but, uh, Home Assistant supports it now. There we go. You're welcome. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like there's one other, um, major change in, in 54. Let me, let me look over this real quick. I think that was it. Yeah. Just to say tell stuff, uh. To, to integrate into with that that hub that platform some some other minor features uh we get um basic authentication on restful switches um the one of the major breaking changes is the Xiaomi platform has changed to Xiaomi Akara mm-hmm. 
So if you're having issues with uh, Xiaomi, check out the docs. It's been renamed. It's now Xiaomi Aquara. If you have 53, it's still Xiaomi. We, we had an issue with that the other day. And in my installation, I saw that I still had both. Like I had the old Xiaomi component and it was missing a few things. And then I had the, the new Xiaomi Aquara and it was, I, it still worked, but it was a breaking change. So I was really confused. But um, it sound, sounded like the, the PyPy wheel had an old cached version of the Xiaomi platform. So in, in 55, we can expect that to disappear. And the old Xiaomi will no longer work. You'll have to switch to Xiaomi Akara. Okay. Well, there you go. So if you have that, please change. <laughs> All right. I think that uh, about wraps it up for features and i think that about wraps it up uh, pretty much for this episode as well so i mean dale thank you so much for joining is uh, this is fantastic absolutely i i am so thankful that i could make it today appreciate it and i know you got to run so uh i'll uh, i'll let you get out of here and then uh i guess we'll uh, talk to you soon all right sounds good thanks for having me take care thank you